conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. Not even the 25th Amendment could remove me from being fabulous. <laughs> if you can't handle the heat, get out of my inner thighs because they're chafing like a motherfucker. <laughs> oh my God. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. I actually genuinely don't know what episode it is. It's like 193, 194 ish. We're in the 190s. We're, Something like we're that. Close. Close. You're closer to 100. I know, right? I haven't done anything about <laughs> Um So to the thousands of people listening, if you have any suggestions yes. or thoughts, please slide it to my DMs because <laughs> I have not done a single thing to plan. And guess what? Uh, throw plans away. Just embrace the glory that is this week's episode. I'm so excited to have a new guest on the People's People's Couch you guys, it's Andy's Girls, and it's none other than the co-host of Not Another True Crime Podcast on Betches Media, the host of the weekly Instagram live show, Venti Vents, which yes, <laughs> is like the best name of all time, <laughs> Thank which you. is all about complaining, uh, yep. BCC, my absolute favorite thing, pop culture and more. You guys, it's Danny Murphy. Uh, hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. I'm like kicking off the new year with a Bravo chat as like a dream come true. Right? I mean, happy, first off, happy new year. Happy, I mean, everybody. happy new year in a sense. Sure. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> it felt very appropriate that my New Year's Eve was spent on a, I did an Instagram live, an, an IG New Year's Eve kiki with Ryan Bailey uh, from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. And he had announced that he was tested positive for COVID like hours earlier. And oh, no. I was DMing him being like, maybe we shouldn't do this. You're, you're like, like, maybe you need to rest. Like, are you allowed to talk for an hour straight when you have COVID? Like, I don't right? know if the lungs can handle that. And 
I kept making him laugh because, you know, I'm adorable. And but whenever <laughs> he was laughing, he was he was like starting to cough. And I was like, this feels very appropriate to oh. start a new year, unfortunately, <laughs> with somebody on their COVID journey, but who is trying to make the very best of it while quarantined. That is true. Because um, I feel like he also is probably just how- looking for anything to do besides staring at a thermometer. Right? <laughs> And also, I don't know about you, but I really dislike New Year's Eve. I don't like oh. the idea of enforced partying yeah. or sequence. I wear sequence like to Starbucks to do event event. I'm not going to be forced into doing it because of a day on the calendar. I That's know. my thing, too, because it's been my thing with like Valentine's and Halloween. I'm like, I'll just go buy a Twix bar. Like, I don't need all this hubbub, te- like Mm-mm. anything like that. And then it just gets like so crowded and everything like that. And like overpriced I'm not into it at all yeah so I spent my New Year's like all my other ones on the couch <laughs> yeah did you did you watch did you watch um Andy I watched and Anderson yeah I, you watch? I watched that more well, I watched the Sex and the City movie because I love watching that because it's the the New Year's ep- the moment on that uh oh, and with Miranda and it's Steve. so it's oh Miranda and, well Super yeah because uh, yeah because Steve leaves and then it's like Carrie goes to rescue her and I'm like I'm crying uh but then I switched mm-hmm. to Andy and Andy Anderson and they are they're a hoot what can I say I mean they're I don't know how that gets aired on CNN truly like I get confused with that but they are fun to watch right? yeah I mean, there is nothing better than Anderson Cooper, like, fully sloshed. Because we've seen Andy tipsy. I mean, like, Andy likes himself a turtle time and God yeah. bless. But Anderson is, like, known and famous for being, like, a little tightly wound, which is one of the things that we love about him. He's just, like, wa- wa- waspy. <laughs> okay. He's waspy <laughs> AF, which is, like, you know, part of his journey, his life. And his so charm, watching him, like, his trust fund. Yeah. Right? Watching him like choke down tequila shots and then lose his fucking mind is wonderful. It really, it's a little treat. It's a little peek behind, especially because I feel like this past year we've been watching CNN more than ever. So like watching him like cover mm-hmm. like the election and everything like that. And like, just like seeing day to day how like straight faced he is and going to that and like him just like his little giggle. I'm like, this is so endearing. I, and I love their friendship too. I'm just very into them. Yeah. I love that Andy constantly references that they like went on a single date or something. Yes. They, and it was like a complete disaster. I just uh, think that's like very sweet. I know. I feel, I told my mom that cause she didn't know that. And she was like dying. She thought it was the funniest thing ever. Cause she was like then imagining how annoying Andy probably was on the date. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Of <laughs> him just being like, I know this person, I know this person. And like Anderson's like, I'm a Vanderbilt. I don't really care about the celebs you've seen. <laughs> I feel like Andy probably showed up like in glorious jeans. Like he was like, remember these? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and like so back then that. being like, no, I wasn't like SJP kind of knows me. You know what I mean? Type of thing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's so wild when we like see the chapters of Andy's friendships with people because like he was literally in two episodes of Sex and the City. Like he was a shoe salesman. He was like a guy at the bar. Like it's just so fascinating that some of these like longstanding celebrity friendships that we think of as like when Andy became famous actually began many, many years prior when he was like CBS executive phase or whatever. He was just a he was just a man living his best life. Like he was living the New York dream before he started living like the global dream or the international bravo dream oh my god i mean well speaking of dreams or lack thereof <laughs> so listen we're recording this friday morning it's 
been a week, so Ooh. I just have to ask you first and foremost, how are you feeling? How are you like feeling as a human person in this world and <laughs> an American and whatever else? I, I, it is just like, I truly just woke up and I was like, oh, not, not why? Like, I, tr- like, I feel like everybody when it was on a Wednesday, just sitting, just like so sobering watching the like domestic terrorism unfold and just being like this is really what's going on this is what's happening i'm just so happy no like none of the like congress people i love were hurt and no major major damage but it just truly just was like a travesty like i just it was like a just a pit in my stomach yeah i mean i have to say so i had food poisoning on january 1st no. which was quite a way to ca- that should have been my indicator what was your the- what do you know what did it to you um, I did. And it's, uh, I think I did. But like, here's what I said to the restaurant is like, who even really knows, except everybody I told to about the timeline was like, this is what it was. But like, genuinely, who knows? And they were so oh. sweet and so generous. And I might even go back there for something different. On don't? Menu, okay. Um, okay. Maybe today or <laughs> that sounds like codependency. And I've worked through that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go. Now you're just like so guilty. You're just like constantly vomiting up appetizers you get from there. <laughs> oh my god that's 100 percent gonna be my yeah. place. but we're gonna see i mean it does involve me because it's a place in um a borough that is not manhattan so i have to take a ferry which is like my new favorite thing it's like my okay. place of zen is taking the east river ferry because i live on the east side so oh, it's fun. like literally the 90th street stop is right by me and so it's a literal like dream situation oh, of being like on a that. boat at the top where there's nobody because it's like the dead of winter allegedly. Yeah. So nobody <laughs> goes to the top except for me. So it's usually like VIP style. Like, Let the river run, baby. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, living my best life. So um I may do that after this. So um pray for my tum. But um, so I had like felt better after that and wasn't feeling great Tuesday night. So I woke up Wednesday morning and like really wasn't feeling well and went back to sleep at some point in the morning, Wednesday morning to try to sleep it off, which is like one of the best things I think you can do when you're sick is just try to rest, force yourself, force your body to rest. And then I woke up to like a bunch of texts and DMs and stuff. And I remember one of them was from friend of the show, Dylan Hafer, who was like, are you watching the news right now? And it was 315, 330 in the afternoon when I literally woke up and I was like, (laughs) I'm not what's I just woke up I wasn't feeling well and he said don't turn on the news so I immediately uh, ran into my living room of course you did yeah news and it was I had to ask people what was going on because I turned on MSNBC and I didn't understand what I was looking at and mm-hmm. I thought he meant it had something to do with the votes or something and I was like I don't really this is like stupid and performative and it doesn't affect what's actually going to happen but watching it go down and trying to catch up with everybody which honestly felt like it took me hours because I was still asleep wasn't feeling well and was like in a fog of shock of whatever what I was watching unfold and then just took in, took to Instagram stories. That sounds like the just, worst yeah, way to wake up to after being sick and delusional because that's also you're just like, am I having like a fever dream? Is this like just like me being deluged? Yeah, it was like you couldn't look away because you're just like, I've never you've never seen something 
like that before. Yeah. And I have to say that people, you know, responded to this in all sorts of ways. And obviously a person self-care is first and foremost. So if you heard what was going on and didn't watch the news or didn't turn on the TV, like do whatever we're in the middle of a global pandemic (laughs) like do not feel that you need to put yourself and your mental health at further risk but I felt like I personally had no choice but to witness it I was up until very very late um at night and was just I was really I was just honestly like genuinely and probably still am just like boiling hot rage I was very very angry at the idea that white supremacists domestic terrorists at a fun afternoon encouraged by the sitting president of the mm-hmm. united states who t- directly told them to stage a coup like, were doing so in front of at us. the date and time that it was happening too which is the crazy part yeah, too like, i'm like we have they all are three peed to donald trump's <laughs> yeah. paperless post like nobody forgot there was no maybe everybody was like i will attend and here's my comment on the wall exactly. USA. and yeah it was not it was it was not a good look and i think it was of course incredibly triggering i can't imagine being a black resident of watching uh, of washington dc and watching white supremacists walk by or being a black resident or a jewish resident or a black jewish resident and seeing someone in a hoodie that said six million was not enough directly referencing the um murder and holocaust of my people as a jew um which is tough i mean i saw a statistic this morning that like Two, and I'm probably fucking this up, so apologies, but like 2% of the country is Jewish, myself included, but 65% of the hate crimes in the last year were anti-Semitic. Oh my gosh. So that was that was a lot of fun to see Camp Auschwitz hoodies and stuff. And um, I just can't imagine how triggering it would be to be a black and or Jewish resident or representative or member of any marginalized community and watch in front of you as members of, you know, police forces or security teams who ostensibly are being paid to protect us, like literally like opening the gate, opening the like literally and figuratively opening the gate because they feel safe with Mm -hmm. these kinds of people in front of them. It was tough. And it's and it's so and you, you bring up that point, too, where it's so awful that it was the same day that a black man and a Jewish man won in Georgia too. So it was like the the, the moment of joy. Cause that's where I started the day feeling great. Cause I was watching all those uh, like polls come in being like, Oh my God. Yeah. 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 And then I was like, Oh, the fuck? Like you can't have, you can't even have an hour of joy. I mean, I went to sleep. I was talking to a friend who was uh, a counselor during the November shenanigans in the weeks that followed and or or week, whatever. And um, he had been the person to tell me this is Biden's going to take it. And I was like very Debbie Downer. And was <clears throat> like, oh, I, I was. don't know if this is going to happen. I don't. Yeah. And he was super confident. And this time, too, I was texting with him. I FaceTimed with him as the results were going in Tuesday night. And he was like, we're getting both. I feel very confident I'm going to sleep. And I was like, OK, well, we have warnock right now which is awesome but are we really gonna get you know osof osof i'm fucking up am i pronouncing his name i think so because it's like laughing my osof right isn't that a thing yeah right isn't it i think so um i was calling cutie um oh my god he's so fucking attractive i like can't even um 
Uh, I usually like an older guy, but like I'll make an exception for this happily married gentleman. Um, so I didn't believe that we were that Dems were going to take both seats. And then when it happened, it was like euphoria and waking up, you know, Wednesday morning and it seeming like you was in a good place and going back to sleep. And then it's like, wait, we were we were having this moment. I feel like these men didn't get the the um, flowers that they deserved because obviously listen these are two of the most graceful courageous smartest um incoming senators that we could hope for and shout out to frankly Portia and all yes. of the organizers and bravo lebs in atlanta who are using their power to um get out the vote uh which we cannot say enough about but um you know, I know that they surely don't care about this, but I care about, you know, cheersing yeah. and congratulating these guys and getting back to a sense that, um, you know, that voting matters. Yeah, because that's the thing. it's like it's like the, the victory lap at the end. And also it's sort of like <clears throat> when you're elected to something, I mean, so much of like elected officials and everything like that, there's so much pomp and circumstance that's like overdone, but it is part of it. And it does make the people feel good too. It's like, I remember uh, I was like, worried when uh Kamala and Biden did their speech after they were officially announced but then when I watched mm-hmm. it I was like bawling my eyes out and I was like oh this is important mm-hmm. for people to have yeah oh totally and the car honking stuff I was like very into the theater oh I was like I was, I, like I was into that yeah night. there were some fireworks I think there was like a, a Kygo song yes. like everything was going on yeah <laughs> It was perfect. Well, I have to say, I just want to shout out all of the Bravo accounts. Um, and I'm sure you saw this, too. There are too many of them to name. But, you know, I, I'm friendly with dozens of accounts, like personally friends with um, some of your, you know, potentially favorite Bravo accounts. And it was just really inspiring to see so many accounts that are based in the Bravo world, obviously run by real people who use their platforms to discuss the reality of what was going on. Because I think that there has been this wave of holding quote unquote influencers accountable. Mm -hmm. And by influencers, I mean a hundred percent non-black influencers, people who feel like they have a choice of how to like create and maintain their bubble, um, who seem to be very proud of, uh, their ability to ignore a civil war because they have created for themselves, they've fashioned their own little bubble of white privilege where they've decided that the idea of white supremacy and, and racism and domestic terrorism is a political choice yeah. um, and not an, a, an act of extreme violence against the very uh, alleged um, tenets of our country and the idea of democracy and being a global whatever in this world and um i saw that with some people who are like influencers but like not really bravo holics but i have to say that literally everybody there was not a single we're talking dozens of accounts accounts that have thousands of followers tens of thousands of followers hundreds of thousands of followers people who deal with this shit immediately rapidly and harshly when they discuss anything that people think is anyway halfway political and shout out to them it's uh, to me a very different experience to be a 
private citizen, private account, you get to discuss what you're Mm going to share on social media versus what you're actually saying in the real world, which is ultimately very important. But you have a responsibility when you have a platform like that. And I was just really proud to be a member of the Bravo community where it felt like people weren't afraid to discuss the grave reality of a very scary time in which to call oneself an American. And um, so that was actually, I I thought, really inspiring. That's awesome. I know it is great when people like use the go from like because it's fun to run an account and do all those things but be like oh no it's also there's a like you have to be held to a higher standard with that or you should hold yourself with that to be like oh well what can I I can raise awareness I can do things yeah I mean and you know I heard from an Andy Scrolls listener who slid into my DMs and I'm so sorry uh shout out to you you know who you are um, I, I forget your 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 name, but I very much appreciate what you sent to me. And it was like something like, thank you for putting the real in reality. And that's kind Ooh. of what Andy's Girls is, which I is like talking that. about the influence and understanding of the minutia and psychology behind these women that we watch on TV. And I have to bring myself to that conversation. It's like sort of a vulnerable place that yeah. I ask of myself and guest co-hosts to kind of bring to the table and bring to the people's people's couch because you it's not like a recap podcast it's really a podcast of saying like oh I wonder why this person behaved in the way that they did I or or I didn't understand this moment or maybe this was triggered by that and it would be it to me personally we are all different we're all precious flowers um but to me personally it would be disingenuous to not talk about my own personal experiences as a uh you know, New Yorker as a Jewish woman, as a whatever else, um, fun employed. (laughs) Um, but you know, real world affects reality TV. We're watching several of these franchises that were filmed during the pandemic. These things are going to come up. It would be hypocritical for me not to. And so I'm just really appreciative of people that understand that and understand that this is kind of the journey of being an Andy's girl. You You know, you can't live in a vacuum. I mean, do you know my vacuum is broken right now? How do you break a broken vacuum is my question. <laughs> and how do you fix it? I don't know I if those are fixable. It, oh, okay. Right? And I am the cheapest person. So I'm like, should I bring that back to Bed Bath & Beyond? I bought it there for like literally five years ago and be like, can someone? I feel like Bed Bath & Beyond has like <laughs> a very <laughs> long return policy. Like I feel like they deal with so much shit. Because that is like, they just have like layers of hell there that you're just like, they're like, I don't want to deal with that. I mean, listen, and people take advantage of the return policies. And by people, I mean me. I was going to say me. It does does make me very brand loyal. We're like, if I need anything, I'm going to go to Bed Bath because I know that they will, their return policy will protect me. Yes. It's, you just want to feel. It's like, if you don't have your receipt, they're like, do you remember around the year? (laughs) That has literally happened to me where they're like, was it in the last five years? Should we go further back? <laughs> Was it Bush administration <laughs> or Obama? You. Like, just work right. us out with that. You know what Carter, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I love them. Guys, if you know how to fix a um, vacuum cleaner, that's obviously the number one concern and trouble that you should be working on on, on, on this day, on this week. So let me know. Listen, Danny Murphy, new person to the People's People's Couch. So excited to have you. So much to discuss. I need to ask you first and foremost, when did your Bravo journey begin? I, my Bravo journey, I would say began with Kathy Griffin, my life on the D-list. 
Without a doubt. <gasps> oh. I mean, truly, truly. Oh my truly. God, speaking of New Year's Eve, iconic, I'm, iconic New Year's Eve host. I mean, that's the thing, watching Andy and Anderson, they are so fun together, but then you always just remember, like, no one, like, because, like, when, because no they like were, they're, they're fun, like, buddy-buddy together, but Kathy just, in that show, stealing the show, and was able to make Anderson blush in more of a way, you know what I mean? Because, like, girl's outrageous, like, heaven sent. I love her. So her much. number one priority was always making him super uncomfortable. Yes. Like she literally came in every time and was like, I'm going to fuck with you <laughs> as much as I can. I'm going to bring you to the absolute brink and then cross over it by like 945 <laughs> Eastern. And then we still have a couple hours to yeah. go. I mean, and her show was, I still remember her cake, remember her cake soup or whatever. And she was yes. like, I need to lose five pounds. And then she just like. What did she like? Microwaved ice, ice cream, cream and yeah. Put it in a bowl and like mix it with a cake and then ate it. Like she, is <laughs> so funny. And it's what I was like. It's like, of course she's like a comedian, so it made it so much more funnier. But like just like having, I feel like that was the show that made me realize like, oh, there's so much humor and like the mundanity of life. Yes. And that's where she was just like, I'm just gonna go to the store and see what happens. And like they just filmed her and it was fucking hysterical. So like that definitely is what. Uh, expedited my love of reality TV and Bravo for sure. Oh, I love that. And so when did you cross that bridge from my life on the D list to getting into the housewives I, world? What was the what was the situation there? I want to say because I'm from New Jersey. So the first franchise I watched mm. was New Jersey just because I didn't totally know what like the housewife franchise, like what the show mm-hmm. was. But I was like, oh, New Jersey. And I was like, oh, I was like, I'm from like Northern Jersey, not from any of the towns where they are. But I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I want to see like uh, if I notice anything or anything like that. And then it was just so funny because I'm like, oh, this reminds me of my friend's mom <laughs> sometimes. Like <laughs> really? a, with Jacqueline, like there was like a Jacqueline was a little oh. bit, just more so not in the terms of like, again, not in like the insanity, but in like the basic like, day-to-day things where I'm like just like going on like a fake granite countertop slice like slicing up a cheese platter with like a shark like a anti-pasta platter type of thing when I'm like that is just like therapy home to me I'm not even Italian but like just like all my Italian friends from New Jersey you just go home and just like slice in mozzarella and everything like that I'm like oh this is okay I can like watch this to calm down almost (laughs) Very That's soothing. New Jersey, Italian New Jersey spa treatment <laughs> is watching Jacqueline Lorita slice cheese. Uh, when wow. I tell you, yes, I relaxed. Yeah. So, what side were you on during the infamous, historic, seemingly tree versus Melissa era, seasons three, four, and so on? Well, it's so, it's so, I don't know why I was so brand loyal, but I was like so much Teresa side. I was just like, I know. I usually find someone and then I ride with them to like the bitter, bitter end. Where like I are you a tree hugger? No longer, because now she's like cuckoo, and now I love Melissa so much. Like I truly love Melissa. Wait, you think Teresa? This is let's let's talk about this. You think Teresa is more cuckoo now than she was during Stripper Game? This is fascinating. She, I defend it. I I I love it. I was talk to me. Talk to me. Well, because now she's just kind of like she just has random like snap moments and that when she went back to Danielle I was like oh there's some weird things going on here with you and I don't know I don't know if it was because she was like trying to find a storyline that could distract people from her or why she was just cling- but like when she was clinging to Danielle I was just like this really makes no sense Teresa and like no one gets what you're going for and you don't go after my girl Margaret Josephs you're fucking insane right now 
Like that's when I was like, you're like, you, you, you've snapped something. I don't know what's going on with her. The targeting of Margaret, Margaret is so odd to me because she's like one of the most instantly likable housewives Heaven. to ever join mid-franchise or be, you know, a spiritual OG. 100%. Because that's the thing. I was like, whenever I'm like, Margaret, she's only been this, how many seasons? I was like, I feel like she's been here for forever. Like, she's just like the only housewife I just want to like hug and hang out with all the time. And I know when I really like, once she went after her, I was like, I really can't. Uh, try it anymore yeah I can't do this who is your housewife of any franchise Mm. any era where you're like you just have an affection for them maybe you see yourself in them or you're like oh I wish I was more like that person or they just regardless it could be someone that's like loathed by the community where you're just like I am gonna ride or die for this person there's just something there where even if I don't agree with their you know quote-unquote life choices Mm. I just feel so much you know joy they are my safe space you know it's I do have so much love for a Dolores Catania because that I mean it's really just all still in the Jersey world but like Dolores is just someone that I'm just like you're she just is like I feel like you would go to her house and she's like Oh, yeah, I can pull out like a we have a guest room right there. Go relax and everything like that. Like just very much so homie her. I want all the surgery she's getting done because <laughs> like, I mean, girl is. And but that's what I love, too, that like some of the housewives like in a Beverly Hills or something like that. They'll just be like, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> but Dolores is like, I'm on Instagram live getting my like sweat cells removed. <laughs> Here's how it works. And I just love the refreshingness of that. And I also feel like New Jersey are the only housewives, too that like don't really know what to like how to play like the celebi game of it you know what i mean like for beverly hills it's very polished and they're like oh you know i'm gonna make a shoe line i'm gonna do a do 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 and like dolores is truly just like eating like like having like a turkey sandwich getting her like (laughs) getting her hips like lasered off you know what i mean just like very much like a normal person not a hip replacement just no, a hip laz- removal yeah fully lasered <laughs> off it's just so refreshing to see wow i love that I love is there a housewife that you look at and you're like never again like i Ooh. just can't go near you i don't want anything to do with you i don't want you to slide into my spiritual dms like i just it is not for me it's you not know? you are not for me I... Where they're like a trigger, where it's like trigger warning. I'm gonna discuss so and so, and you're like absolutely not. Uh, under you know, no circumstances. You know, I don't love. Well, I never, re- I never loved Brandy. Like she always was so. Which one? Uh, Glam- Brandy Glanville. Glamville. Oh yeah, Glanville. Yeah, mm-hmm. she just never did it for me. Like she was also like she was. I, <laughs> I loved her when Kim and Kyle would make fun of her, but like then when she was on, mm-hmm. she never. I was just like, I'm like that scene was just get like chef's kiss to me I love that so much but like she never really did anything for me and just was kind of like too poorly calculated like a shitty TI 89 calculator where I was like I kind of get what you're doing but it's not working that well and I just never loved it and I just I was like I don't need this and then when she was coming back this past season I was like I don't really like this story isn't working and like I feel like Beverly Hills is now like oh for five for the past (laughs) five years of like trying to make a story work that doesn't work and I was like Ugh, you ruined like my one form of quarantine entertainment. <laughs> oh my God. And what Erica is posting on her social right now, where she's like making LOLs about being in the musical Chicago and being like, uh, it's Nada, where you're just directly making, I just take it as a personal attack on 
the plane crash victims and people whose money she's stolen to pay for the glam for those very photos. Well, like, it's, how is that being cute? That's very interesting, too, because I don't know what lawyer she has that would advise, like, uh, what legal team she has that's, like, being like, oh, you can still post stuff like that on Instagram. Like, I would assume her account, she'll be under lock and key. And I assume she's doing it because she's trying to be like, I really knew nothing. But it's like, boo-boo. You, you, I don't know. I, I, I'm a little suspicious about you. You know what I mean? Also, shouldn't you be playing the part of someone who's, like, upset? Right? Being like, oh, my God, like my you husband. Found out your husband and you had no idea. <laughs> and you were finding out your husband had, like, all his money lately. This, you know, in the last however many years was coming, was stolen from other people. Victims? Like, yeah. Clients? Yeah. I don't get, I know. Maybe pretend she's an actor, right? Isn't that part of her job? She's trying, yeah, right. I know. Well, we need Aaron Brockovich to comment or Julia Roberts to really get <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my god, I wonder what Aaron Brockovich the things, the stories that she probably has oh, about Tom Girardi. Are, oh my god, I bet a look. I know, and I, that story I feel like too. The Tom Girardi's every time I read another article, it's like it's like Alaria. I'm like a, a new layer unearths, and I'm like, this shit is insane. Yeah. There isn't a cucumber big enough <laughs> <No>. to <laughs> choose this story more than it already has been. Um, oh, my God. I feel like there's so much for us to talk about. You know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I sort of want to get your thoughts first on Dallas. Ooh. Which feels weird did you watch it it feels weird because i I didn't because i but i've heard i should now because the new girl's fun yeah she dr tiffany moon who in my head i have called dtm dr dtm yeah dtm DTM. i'm obsessed with her and it's like big rbg energy for me where i'm like i feel like you need to have an abbreviation because you're like so much better than everybody else oh okay she's better okay i was like i was like oh she's great who is she because that my thing i fell off dallas a little bit because i'm like these girls aren't really doing taste. <laughs> yeah because yeah, yeah. I'm like I can't waste my time with this I'm so busy doing nothing else but still I was just kind of like I don't really need this but okay I'm curious now I, I did not want to watch the premiere I was like I'm in I'm not in the mood for these women right now yeah they are some of the least likable people that's the thing on yeah any franchise Carrie with the K to me is one of the worst housewives of all time and watching her gleefully be like, I'm still here. Like, no, bitch. Like, I don't, <laughs> I not, no, it's like Peggy saying she's the hundredth housewife. And this is like, that is not a purposeful, that was not a strategic move by Bravo. Bravo. That was like a clerical error. <laughs> like had they thought you were going to use this forever, they would have put you at 99 or 101 Ooh, truly. Um, part like six. Um, so that was so I like wasn't really into it was putting it off as late as possible obviously then Wednesday happened and I was like listen I totally respect people who need an escape a break watch some Bravo do whatever you need to do to get through it but like there was nothing less interesting to me or felt like more of a break than watching Dallas Housewives (laughs) right where I'm like were any of them storming (laughs) I mean (laughs) I mean, well, there. I when you talk a little bit about listen, there's such a low bar for housewives these days. 
when you're a non-black housewife, by the way, because um, Atlanta and Potomac are doing essentially yeah. all of the work when it comes to social good uh, and voter awareness. But Stephanie Holman at least posted. It's such a fucking low bar, and we're not even going to get into Travis, but she at least posted like, oh, this isn't good or something. Yeah. When Wednesday happened, she was the only Dallas housewife to do so. So... That is the thing that happened. <laughs> we'll take that. You know? you know, Steph. And I do like Stephanie. She's a sweetie. She seems like. I mean, she's like, she's just, she just oozes like radiance to me yeah. and just feels like someone who is, you know, trying to do the best that they can and is so deeply empathetic. And I love that. And I just, I have yet to meet somebody who doesn't like Stephanie Holman. I just think she, and she's been so vulnerable. She's been one of the most vulnerable housewives. That's true. Talking about her mental health journey. And um, so there was that, but that's not going to save a franchise for me. Stephanie Holman's not going to save Dallas. <laughs> Dallas, Dallas has been, Dallas done been down. Well, that's you know what I'm saying? Thing. Like, yeah. I feel like even Andy forgot about Dallas. And every time he I gets mean, a check from them, he's like, huh? Okay. I'll take it. What's yeah. this for? Yeah. You, t- you think, I mean, they had the trailer for how long? And he was like, I've, he's like, it's coming out whenever people who was even asking for the <laughs> Dallas trailer. I think they misspelled New Jersey. Honestly, <laughs> it's like save the D throwing in an N and a J and call it a day. <laughs> I know. Now I feel like cause Salt Lake city has filled my void for like the random place where I'm watching from, but I'm like, now I really don't need mm-hmm. to watch Dallas at all. Well, I mean, if you are one of those viewers and I hear of them, I have not been one because my Bravo (laughs) journey has been pretty sad on watching every minute of everything, regardless of how much of a punitive measure that feels. And there's (laughs) nothing that feels more like punishment than Dallas. Um, But I forced myself to watch it. I actually did an Instagram live while I was watching most of it because I needed to hear from um, AGs while watching because I literally couldn't give it even like my normal 40%. You're like, I need nine Um, forms of distraction to get through this. No, I 100% was like talking about, I don't even know what the fuck during. You're like, I Um, wish I had taxes to file. Yeah. Oh my God, please. Um, So I got through it I had heard from people who were like it's a really fun episode it's a late episode I was like cool 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 um I understood that opinion but I was just honestly I watched it again this morning so I watched it last night watch it again this morning I was honestly just really troubled by the last 10 minutes I thought it was handled and edited really pu- uh, poorly which is this dynamic set up in the rest of the episode of these women surrounding Brandy Redman with love talking about what a Christian she is a good person Brandy talking about her mental health journey and you know after her um, racist video appeared she initially defended it and made light of it and said she would do it again and then you know the hammer really came down Mm -hmm. I think from the Bravo universe and she immediately um uh, I think exp- or felt remorse, expressed remorse. I actually don't know the timeline, so I apologize if that's incorrect. And has been open and public about feeling incredibly having a severe depressive episode. And um, my thing is I need to be consistent about people going through triggering experiences. So I think it would be really inappropriate to um, – make light of somebody dealing with mental health challenges. I just think there's needs to be a a bar like a, a line of boundaries for people, which to me is less about 
protecting Brandy than understanding that there are Bravoholics who are watching these shows who are watching people talk on social media and making fun of Brandy talking about that. And mm. I just think that's really unnecessary and troubling and can be very triggering to people. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And I also think it's an interesting tightrope to walk to kind of of having someone I mean it's I guess it's important because there are people who watch Bravo who maybe would have done a video like her or something like that you know what I mean to be like to watch her struggling with that but then I feel on the flip side like people who were insulted by that video who may have caught the episode be like I have to watch this bitch now be sad after do you know what I mean like it's a hard it's a hard line to walk yeah yeah my feeling is I don't want to talk so much about her talking about being suicidal because I think that I'm more concerned about Bravoholics who deal with mental health challenges who might be triggered by that conversation or who might feel like they're the very real and grave reality of their lives and what they're dealing with is being made fun of in the ways that we talk about housewives we're talking about ourselves and I would never want someone to feel that however the ways that Brandy has been protected by production and the edit and her cast members to the disservice of the first Asian housewife on Dallas, not within the Bravo universe, but on Dallas, was very troubling to me. There was a scene with Deandra and her mom talking to um, Dr. Tiffany Moon about the video which they re-showed during the premiere which was like worse than I'd remembered to be honest and talking about oh you know Brandy's so funny and she's so sweet and she's so kind so essentially do not stray from the narrative that we are saying to you Mm. a person whose opinion about the video matters more than anybody else in the cast and it was like a weird subversion of tokenism where mm-hmm. they're looking at Dr. Tiffany Moon as she you know call her by her full formal name because she deserves our respect like they are talking to her as like the representative oh, of all God. Asian people and not as a person who has the right to feel and express whatever she wants her individual like, feeling yeah right it felt like they were othering her twice they were both saying gingerly tap dancing around the idea that they were having a discussion with someone who's of Asian descent about a racist video making fun of Asian people with the worst and ugliest racist stereotypes possible, which Brandy P.S. said uh, was not about Asian people. It was about me making fun of my eyes when it's like, sweetie, what what are you doing by like you're making it worse? You are saying you're making fun of your eyes by like othering a marginalized community with these very ugly stereotypes. Surely you understand that by quote unquote making fun of yourself, you're making fun of the faces of millions of people. It was not good. So they were othering her as the first Asian housewife on Dallas. And it felt like they were othering her from the idea of a woman who deserves to have her voice heard. Like they were mm-hmm. muting her before even giving her a chance to speak. And the idea that this woman who is new to the franchise shows up to a group event. Brandy doesn't take her aside. 
someone starts a conversation of like, what's your year been like so far? It obviously feels very weird and like, let's make jokes, but you understand the intention of what's going to happen when it's Brandy's turn. And the idea that she has to have this conversation, not with Dr. Tiffany Moon separately, again, full name, give her respect, but in a group surrounded by white women who are protecting her, where Brandy has now become both a victim and survivor of her own racist behavior. And you have someone sitting there who is an Asian woman who now has to be put in the position of potentially performative reactions so as not to come off as an other to these other white women who are working overtime, absolutely overtime, to seemingly rewrite the narrative of a racist video that P.S. didn't have anything to do with them. So their opinion of whether or not it was funny doesn't matter. If you are a white person, Brandy's apology isn't to you. She should probably apologize to her kids who were there in the video. Yeah. <laughs> but when she's saying she's apologizing to people, she could say apologize to the community for making us all look like shit. But maybe she should apologize to her cast for bringing them to this level, not one they haven't been to before. She's done other bad stuff. Like She has a history the, of it, yeah. She has a history of it. The dildo, it just, to me, felt not ideal, shall we say. And then Dr. Tiffany Moon, call her by her full name, give her respect, is outside with Brandy. And Dr. Tiffany Moon, give her her full name, give her full respect, starts having a conversation with Brandy about the fact that she is an, uh, comes from a family of immigrants, her family had to leave her when she was three until she was six oh, to gosh. come to America. They were able to send for her when she was six. She started school without knowing a word of English. This person who is a prodigy, who is Doogie Howser with better shoes, like, who <laughs> is a, a genuine genius, who's like graduated medical school, Cornell, top of her class, like oh unbelievable, awesome woman, incredibly inspiring, like the fucking baller that we need baller housewives. Yeah, like, I like I fucking that. Die for her. I love it. And she starts to have this conversation with Brandy of like, when I started school in first grade, I think it was first grade, and I didn't speak any English, guess what kids would do? They would do the same fucking oh. shit that you didn't, except she said it with a lot of class, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> like she did like the, they would do stuff with their eyes. They would make the same racist gestures that you were making. And my problem was the screen went to be continued. So they decided that the premiere episode would be 90% Brandy's survivor and victim of her own racism and then cut off Dr. Tiffany Moon right at the point where she is at least sharing how this – Right? And then make racism into – A cliffhanger. And I – right? Which, like, what are we doing? Because, like, it could have, like – not put a bow on it, but it could have had the ending whole moment of like the resolve of her getting her point across, speaking her mind from someone who was offended by it. And instead of that, they were just kind of like, well, we'll see. Like, it's like a dinner party. Like, it's not a dramatic (laughs) dinner party that you're discussing. It's like this like very mature, intense, necessary conversation that they're cutting off. It wasn't great. And so I watched it. I was like, Okay, other stuff happened. You know, <laughs> there was a garage sale. Cam is moving into an $8 million or $7.5 million house. And 
Um, Carrie still works with beads. So, like, there's other stuff going on. <laughs> Some fuel's like, on the fire. Don't keep him busy over there in Dallas. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Poor Carrie with a K probably got, like, three orders in her Etsy shop, which, P.S., die for Etsy shops, just maybe not hers. And then she's like, <laughs> and then the pandemic hit, and all my business went to shit. And it's like, babe, I actually do need to see those receipts. Yeah, because like, that's what I was like, I'm pretty sure more people are buying things on Etsy now than ever before, just because everyone's just right? looking for things to buy online good with their money right now oh god I'm not going, me and i haven't worked since october 1st because of covid shout out rest in peace event production <laughs> i don't like who is saving reformation couldn't have more of my money oh, right now i i know i just like wake up and i'm like because there's nothing else to do because i don't leave my apartment right. where i'm just like i guess i'll buy something to feel sure i'll get a new sweater like who knows yeah I feel like it's almost healthy. I'm sorry, guys. I'll go with that. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, at least, this is what my therapist tells me is like, and don't judge Amy, but she was like, she's like, listen, did it make you feel good? I was like, it really did. And she was like, okay. I'm like, all right. Okay. Like, I'm not buying a $7.5 million house. I wouldn't be against it if I could. Oh, if I could, I would. Because then I would have a a lovely place to quarantine. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine having like a second bedroom? Uh, I would like a pool. I'll take something. You know what I mean? Where do you live? What's your street address and apartment? (laughs) Well, I'm in Crown Heights. Oh, great. Do you live by yourself? Are you fancy? No, I have. No, I have three roommates. (gasps) No. But I have three roommates, three bathrooms. So it evens out. Okay. Well, it's actually very is nice too. Is it a too. duplex? No, it's just like a. It's like a huge place. It's very, it's huge, and it's like a great price and everything like that. And we even like got rent down because uh, it has like a washer dryer and a backyard, so it is <gasps> very nice with that. It's like a shared backyard, but oh the God, I'm so downstairs people don't know how to access it, and we're not telling them because then like we're like <laughs> that would because <laughs> then like that would be like a little like we'd be like oh that'd be like. A little bit more scary with COVID. So, like, we'll let them know after we're all vaccinated. We'll unlock the door for them. But, yeah. So, that's, like, that's definitely what's nice about Crown Heights. Oh, my God. That's so I know. amazing. I'm so I jealous. love it. It's very fun. You're on the Upper East Side, you said, right? Yeah, I'm on the Upper East in the poor section. And um, I have a roommate who had to go home during uh, COVID time. Uh, to deal with some stuff and love her to bits, angel roommate. But so I've been by myself. Oh, wow. M- since m- for most of COVID, she was back for um, maybe like a month in the middle. So it's me like technically in a two bedroom, but like me in my one bedroom. And I had a fish son. I had Archie Bedore, Galley, love of my Aww. life. And he did unfortunately pass away. And there was some grieving. There was a funeral Aww. on Instagram. And um, I decided to, you know, open up my home and my heart to another fish, my Raybone King, name redacted. I had uh, a paper. I actually did have a literal paperless post invitation announcing his name at a bris I was going to um, have on Instagram main. And unfortunately, name redacted because I might use it again. Unfortunately, he did pass away this week. He was with me for two weeks. This is not a pattern. This is just no, sometimes unfortunate you, timing. Sometimes you buy a fish and they just are like, I remember like boardwalk fish that like die on the car ride home. And I'm just like, why do I do yes. like a hermit crab type of situation? Yeah. And he was so beautiful. He had like long fins of my little rainbow king, long fins that look like silk. But apparently having long fins that look like silk is like mm. maybe not great. A disease thing. Action. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, so I did have a water burial for him, um, and I did play Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and I sang oh. it to him. Judy, Cass- So you have been Judy, alone for a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did do the movie version, because I oh, felt I, like oh, wow. it was a time of sadness, and he did not deserve older no. Judy. You know, like newer, more current Judy. I was San like, Francisco. Happy yeah, a whole little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. wouldn't have been great. But no. um, my little fishy with an F. Yeah, so you're getting a new one though. Um, I don't know. I called Petco <laughs> and they were like, because I was like, um, he had like a really bad. He did not. I did tell him at a certain point as I unfortunately watched him die. I was like, stop trying. Like, go. It's okay to go. Because he was like. <laughs> So my poor little Rainbow King was struggling. And I called Petco and they were like, yeah, you just need to like bring him back with a water sample in your receipt opposite of Bed Bath and & Beyond. And I said, um, I'm not bringing his body back. Like I'm this not is not, I didn't a... donate to him for medical science. Like yeah. we're not, you're not going to have an autopsy on my fish son. Like he's <laughs> gone now. He's gone to a better, pl- well, a, a more liquid place. Yeah. Than you know, he would be <laughs> with you. <laughs> Hey, so New York water is great. Makes rejected. the best bagels. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we will, um, we're going to see what happens with um, lucky number three. Uh, my poor little rainbow king. Um, Why are we talking about this, Danny Murphy? What am I even saying? We were talking about Dallas. We're talking about houses. Oh, Cameron Westcott, maybe with her seven and a half million dollar house. Oh, yeah. And you're I don't even know how fish happened, but something about being alone and living. (laughs) Yes. um, It all makes one of those things is real. (laughs) The other one, unfortunately, doesn't work out for my little fishy fish son name redacted. Rest in peace. But I do want to talk about franchises that were also on Bravo this week. And shout out to you if you like Dallas and you thought it was great, like Mazel Tov, genuinely. I love, love that. If you yeah. got something out of it, go for it. Like, you do you, boo. Like, slide into my DMs. Let, send me your satchels, guys, so that we can discuss. What did you think about Atlanta? It's – I don't know if you're – Having this struggle too, but it's very hard watching it with the mat. Like I'm having like such COVID issue with it a little bit too, where I'm just kind of like because they're not wearing masks. Yeah, where I'm just like so. War- I'm and like then like knowing Cynthia planning for the wedding, and then after seeing the photos of the wedding, that I'm just like I want to <laughs> like, like they didn't even do the. I wish <laughs> I wish I could go back or like go back in time onto the camera and be like, girl, cancel this. You're gonna do it wrong. Like you know what I mean. I mean, not to flash back to Dallas for a second, but there is a moment where Stephanie Holman's like obviously has been coached in a confessional to be like, okay, and can you talk about how you guys are tested so that we don't get like a ton of outcry? And she's like, and just so you know, like you're going to see masks and not see masks and we've been tested and we're abiding by regulations, which is all fine and good, except, is it? But like, except that Cam then has a garage sale with like, People a bunch of strangers yeah. and camp's not even wearing the face shield like she doesn't even she's not even pretending coming into direct contact with all of these oh people it's not great i'll say <laughs> i mean on atlanta they're using these face shields cynthia's planning the most problematic wedding of 2020 and well, maybe not the most problematic wedding because another uh, housewife got married on the same day who um, doesn't live here anymore. But oh, yes. um, Orange County. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but 
and it's not great. Totally agree with you. But the use of Kenya's use oh. of talking about how problematic Portia's activism in support of the Black Lives Matter movement and pretending it has anything to do with masks when the direct preceding scene was her doing yoga with two people and the yoga teacher. I don't think any of them were None. were outside of six feet. And the three people doing the yoga, I don't remember the yoga teacher, but the three people doing the yoga, none of them were in masks. <laughs> no. They were only in shields, which is like your accessory. That's the cherry on top of the Sunday. That's the thing. You know, talk about Kenya. That was someone who I used to love so much when she first yeah. joined on. Just because I thought I was like, this bitch is so crazy in the in like such an entertaining way. Like the whole like, I mean, like, I know people hated her for forever. Uh, she was the one person I was slow to realize. But I'm like, with the blow horn and, you know, the being like the, making the life twirls on. I was eating it up where I'm just like, give me Cynthia Bailey doing this awful act. Like, I, I like could not look away. But now she's full on. I'm like, I can't. I can't with you anymore, girl. Kenya is one of those housewives where it's like she is the epitome of respect your villains. Yes. Where yeah. even if you don't like her, she serves a very important per purpose and does seem to live in a place of conflict. Like she has a very toxic husband. She has uh, no fault of her own, but a very toxic family structure with a mother who never claimed her like, yeah there are results of that that i think have played into some of her behavior which feels like purely it exists purely to create or amplify um conflict and maybe like human destruction and i think she's a great housewife the Porsche stuff makes me so uncomfortable. I know. Because is this really like the energy needed? And also, how do you pretend to be upset that you're being disinvited from a party that you even out loud said you like barely want to attend? You said you were going to cameo. So I get that you're upset about glam, but like you're not really hurt because you don't seem to like this person and her sister gets that, you know? That's, I know. It's sort of one of those things where I feel like she's been playing the villain game for so long, but now like she's almost out of like tricks to pull. Where now like she's even like right? catching herself being like, falling into traps where like she's like oh I'm gonna do this but then it's like no that doesn't make sense anymore like all none of her games are making sense anymore even though they never totally did but now they, they especially do not even when she was talking to Cynthia I was like listen I don't even disagree with you but the ways that you're saying stuff to her is like you're not I don't know. I don't have those kinds of friendships where someone's like, listen to me. Like, I'm going to talk to you and, like, dictate to you in some ways the ways in which you are wrong. It felt like she was, I don't know, because, like, Cynthia's a mess right now. But the ways that she was speaking to her, I just felt weren't ideal. No. Oh, never. She does not know. She's not good with words. We'll definitely say that. 
I mean, and yet she's also great with her. I know she. It's a. She needs to. I know, and you know who I do love? I love a Marlo. <laughs> oh my god, what is she a Monty? Yes, she's a mother. Auntie. Yeah, how she's like also like a Bravo intern almost because she's always been a friend of like she's like and like because like she just puts in so much work. She like gets there at seven a.m., leaves at ten p.m., does everybody's work for them, and like no wonder they don't hire her full time because it's like we don't have to pay her for all the stuff she's doing, but she really does deliver. <laughs> Or she's getting, because I don't understand why she doesn't have a peach. Or maybe she's just genuinely, genuinely has the greatest possible deal where she's like, you're going to give me a big, you know, they're paying her a fucking ton of money. Probably more than some housewives. Oh, not on Atlanta, but other franchises. Yeah. Oh, totally. And she's worth every penny. And she doesn't have to, uh, I think, put up with a lot of shit that the Mm. other women do. And they also don't look at her as competition, which is usually when disagreements take place when you're like in the fight for the center, whatever, be it diamond, peach, apple, fucking horseshoe or whatever the fuck, (laughs) like plate of spaghetti bag of trash, depending on who you are in Jersey. Like I, there are benefits to her not being full time. I just want her I just hope for her that it genuinely is a choice by her because she deserves to be whatever she wants because she's so valuable in Atlanta, she I think. She really does keep the show going. And, like, truly, and especially now, like, uh, with Nini gone, I thought they were going to make her a full one maybe because, like, there was an mm-hmm. opening. But then I was like, you know what? She's exactly what you said. She's doing great. She's doing what she's doing. But I just hope she's happy. Right? Like, we just want Marlo to be and I just love her journey with like taking care of her nephews and oh I know she doesn't have her own biological children and just watching her now be their mother I mean like she's stepping their, in yeah. and being their primary caregiver and their parent and you don't need to have a child biologically to care for and love one just as much and you know, I don't want to be disrespectful because I don't know what's going on with the um, biological parents of mm-hmm. the of the kids. kids yeah. So I don't know what that relationship is like. But I just know I watch her and I'm like so happy for her that she's and like so proud of her because I feel like Marlo has grown a lot in the last couple of years. I a really lot. do. Yeah. When, when she went I a long way from think. the Marlo Charay <laughs> back and forth to, oh my God. to the oh Marlo my God. now. 100%. Oh, my God. 100%. Danny Murphy, what show am I not? I feel like there was another show that happened. I'm not even making light. We talked about Atlanta. We talked about Dallas. Oh, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. <gasps> oh, my oh, God. I just God. dropped my phone. I was so excited to talk about Salt Lake City. I'm like, did Beverly Hills have him this week? What oh my god! I, thank on? God no! Thank God no! Are you? Thank God no! Um, are you watching SLC? What's the deal? I am watching SLC, and you know what? I didn't like it at first because they came on oh. so hot, and everybody okay. liked them, and everyone was like, "Blah blah!" Oh my God, Salt Lake City is the best franchise ever, and I'm like, "Who the fuck are these women?" But now, after a while, I like do love them. I love them all. Besides, Jen really just does get under my nerves. I think Jen is a trigger for a lot of people. Jen yeah. is like, how do you want your, talk about event event, how do you want your housewife served? Do you want like a mellow? Do you want mm-hmm. extra caffeine? Do you want like to have a little bit of a foam moment? Do you want some extra sugar? Like Jen is 
like a quadruple shot of espresso. Yeah, girls at Java chat. If you have not yeah. taken care of your tom, oh yeah, hundred percent. And if you have not taken care of your tom, like you may become sick. Like it might <laughs> yeah. make you not physically well. Because that's a th- it's just like very much see. It. It's so interesting to see someone who clearly has watched the Kardashians for a decade get the call that they're going to be on reality TV. And it is like, this is the moment. You know what I mean? Where like, she's just very much happening now, but I live Mm -hmm. for Heather and Whitney. I love those two so much. Heather gay watching Heather just shoot the shit with her ex husband, knowing what she has been through in that dynamic and that divorce, my God, and watching them choose to love their kids more than they potentially in years past have disliked each other and be true co-parents is fucking awesome that's it's really it's it's rare yeah and i love too that she is one of the few housewives i feel like that like she does do scenes with her kids and isn't like pimping them out for material but instead having like real conversations about things that like apply to them like talking about like their faith which is so important to them and everything like that and like her being like well this is how I feel type of stuff it's very refreshing to see her and then the Whitney with her dad stuff sometimes it gets very intense to I'm like some there are some moments that I'm like should this be on TV but then it's like I'm like it is I guess it's good that it is getting awareness and I just do love I love the little Whitney the little girl I love her I think she's so sweet I love to watch her dance um I think she believes people too much and I think she should have more of a more critical eye. Like when Mary is telling you something, even if Mary is telling you, I literally heard this yesterday. Here are the receipts. I don't know that I would believe it. Like, I don't know that I believe anything close to the idea that Lisa and Meredith said they were afraid of Jen. I think something went down closer to Mary called them to complain about something. And as these are two people, specifically Meredith, who don't want to be in any way tied in the middle of this, they may have there may have been some sort of like, "Uh uh-huh, got it. Or like, I totally hear Mm -hmm. you. Like, yeah, but I do mm -hmm. not think. Right. Like, I don't think that they were calling her to be like, I'm scared. Yeah, no. Amy. No. And also because be smarter. And also because those ladies don't seem like they're scared of anybody. Right. Like those they like they scare me, but they're not scared of anybody. Yeah. Lisa does not appear to me to be a person who needs assistance. No, because her jawline could cut a bitch like. Right. Truly. Oh, my God. Yeah. Talk about a weapon. Um. And why would they call, aside from knowing that Mary dislikes Jen, like, why would they tell Mary that? Because they're not, I would say that to somebody that I needed to defend me. Mary cannot defend the reality of today, let alone people (laughs) who are at maybe friendship war. Like, how is that going to pan out? It's also so interesting, too, because I feel like they are trying to push so much that feud from the beginning and I feel like everyone, I mean, I'm personally just like over it. I like forget that they fight. I'm like, I'm more interested watching these women live their lives and do things like that. Like, I don't really need the Mary versus Jen saga anymore. Like, I don't like, because like, they're not that. And I know that I was like reading stuff about how like <clears throat> Mary wasn't totally a housewife at the beginning. And then like, they like right. edited her in after. So I guess that makes sense that they're trying to like 
work conversations with her and everything like that. But I'm more so like the hospital line was perfect. But then like we don't really like the back and forth of them isn't doing anything for me versus all the people having their own plot lines. Yeah, allegedly Mary was a friend of by the first production company working on the show. And when the second production company took over and feel free to fact check me because I could be getting this 100% wrong. When the second production company took over, there were a few people who were being thought of as potential friends of they were 86. And then Mary was essentially promoted. And because they'd already shot so much, it's why a lot of her scenes are solos, her with her maid, also known as cousin family member (laughs) um and uh and maybe like individual housewives but it's one of the reasons that she's not at group events and i mean regardless she was not going to get an invite to that event which looked like a lot of fun until being a housewife maybe caught up with whitney who maybe did believe erroneously Mm. incorrectly that what mary said was like i don't know gospel (laughs) and also felt like this was her job where she's like i'm supposed to do this like i'm a housewife now and tonight i am going to serve my duties well and then it just did not in any way (laughs) yeah it completely which like shout out to heather gay love of my life who's just like fully like i'm hanging back like listen i was gonna help her it didn't work out i'm not going any fucking near this yeah oh i love i love that she's just like I one of those things too. It's the first time that like I saw a house. I'm like, oh, I think that would be me if I was on a show. Just being like, right? I'm not. I'm like, she's like, I just want to get a nice drink. What the fuck is going on here? Everything like that. Yeah, truly. She is one of the most uniquely individual and seemingly humble, down to earth housewives that I've ever seen noting that this is her first season and there is god forbid knock on bed that second season curse but i don't see it affecting her because i feel like she's been through so much in her life and has decided that the person that she is she is going to like love and respect in the ways that she feels her community has not like the things that her community and or culture think is the most wrong are probably the aspects of her that she's learned to love the most you know like i i'm in a i'm worth more than this relationship i i need to choose my own um journey in love and truly being madly in love with someone versus looking at the pressure hoisted upon me to find a quote-unquote eternal family which is like that's tough. Yeah, I'm like some of the some of the um, terms <laughs> that the church uses there. I'm just kind of like, blink. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I feel like she's been through so much, and when you've been isolated in the way that she has been, you sort of have to decide for yourself, like, what am I going to turn into as a result of this? Am I going to finally get on a path of independence in the ways in which? I have always, you know, in the ways in which I've always dreamed of being where I go to a movie and I laugh at like the sassy comments or the crazy scenes and I am, uh, I feel sexually confident and I um, am uh, open and friendly and loving with people, including those outside of my religion and environment and 
or am I going to do my very best to get back to this culture and world because it's the only thing I've known? That's all and I know, yeah. I just think she's like... So, yeah, it's hard. Right? And I just feel like she's so brave and that's what a lot of people are responding to because she's gone through so much already and the choices that she's made has seemingly created like a very strong and smart and funny and humble person like no choice but to stand god bless her yes <laughs> so the reunion film this week what do you think about the current cast and potential changes for next Ooh. season <clears throat> it's a tough question it, it filmed i think yesterday. yeah i think it did i don't know if i want any of them to go Right. I I don't think yeah, no, I think I like them all. I kind of think I want them all to stay. Maybe we could do add another person to like add a little bit of extra drama, something like that could be helpful. Uh but yeah, I think I like I wanna get I want I think they all at least deserve a second season to figure out what they're doing and maybe I would course correct from there. Yeah. How about you? I mean I would like to see Mary demoted. I do think mm, actually mm-hmm. that a friend of role makes sense to me. I understand why because of like the hospital stuff and because she and Jen's and the the luncheon and because they so obviously dislike each other that really helped her, mm-hmm. I think, with getting a full-time spot. But I don't think she's necessary. And also, she, I, I don't think she's necessary full-time. Also, she like runs a cult and I'm sure that's going <laughs> to come up on the reunion. Well, I feel I like mean, she's got some money she, shit that's going to come up with some sometime soon too right like i read this long post that one of her former parishioners posted on some social media i don't remember the original channel but it's tough about she literally has her congregation generous use of that word believing that she is the literal embodiment of jesus christ and that if they do not give her their money and their lives respect permission to guard over and decide their romantic whatevers that they don't love god like that is incredibly dark and super manipulative oh that's okay that yeah that could we could do without that maybe yeah and then she's like, am I Balmain boots? Am I Gucci sweater? And it's like, babe, like. You're extorting you're, people for that, basically. Yeah, you're blackmailing them through their spiritual. Journey or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like that. That's tough. Yeah, that's that doesn't sit well. Stuff. That's a hard one. Yeah. I mean, I would think Jen is going to maybe not have a Monique style binder, but some sort of dossier i hope so i maybe that could make me love jen more if she rips me if she like comes with some uh receipts yeah did you watch mary and emily on um watch what happens no so i didn't i just watched a clip of it i actually do want to watch i'm very behind in watch what happens live i like need to catch up yeah Right. It's like at a certain point, it there's hard. just only yeah. so much time in the day, and I'm watching Search Party for the literal <laughs> seven. Oh my God, yes. I just rewatched all three seasons and was like, let me start over. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so good. It's my absolute one of uh, two shows I literally have watched millions and millions of times and can't get enough of Succession and Search Party. Oh, like, yes. So good. So I watched a couple of clips of Miriam Watch What Happens, including when. <laughs> 
Andy's asking her like a very basic, but like good question, but like not a difficult one seemingly to answer. And Mary references the fact that she hasn't seen an episode. And if you just watch that clip a couple of times, only focus on Andy's face when he's like digesting the fact that this person and he's like, you need to watch the episodes. before. This is obviously done before they film the reunion. You need to watch the episodes before they film reunion. Emily's like, you need to watch that before the reunion so you can prepare. And Mary's like, oh, you haven't sent them to me. And Andy's, you can tell in his head, he's like, has anyone told her she's on television? Does she know that it's not like a DVD is getting mailed to you? You literally can go on BravoTV.com. And watch it. Or, I don't know, DVR it. Surely you can budget twelve ninety nine into your monthly expenses. Like, someone just needs to pray a little bit more. <laughs> it doesn't feel that complicated. And... And he's like, no, we sent them to you, sweetie. Like, you need to watch them before the reunion. Like, this isn't, like, cute little science homework. Like, I think, like, this is your job. in her contract or something. Like, I, I think, think it's you required. Literally, yeah. Right? I think you, like, don't have a choice but to watch the episodes. And she's just like, oh, I didn't. And he said, we emailed them to you. Oh, you know, I didn't get that email. It's. Wait, I'm going to Google that clip. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. It's so good. We have not experienced a person like Mary before ever, like even unrelated to the cult stuff, like never. That is insane. She she really is not real. It's nuts. I, I actually don't know because I don't know when Watch What Happens was taped. The reunion was yesterday. It's I think like a 13 season. I'm fucking that up. I think. Yeah. Um, Order. I guess plus the reunion. I have no idea. Does she have the time to? She's gonna have to binge every episode. Like she hasn't watched a single. I believe her when she says that. Oh, I I, I believe she doesn't have a TV. You know what I mean? Like I just can't imagine. I think her TV is probably covered in diamonds, so she can't see the screen. But she's like, oh my god, it's the best TV in oh, the entire my god. world. Yeah, it's without designed a doubt. by Cartier. It's whatever else. Um, listen, Danny Murphy, I could talk to you forever can you tell me a little bit about your pod because i need to get into you know murder in 2021 (laughs) but not another murder yes just like (laughs) you know fun fun murder (laughs) no yeah uh so it's with betches which is so fun uh to work with them and um we just do every week it's kind of like a like a light true crime podcast we call it we do a lot of like scams cults, MLMs, stuff like that, the occasional murder or kidnapping. You know, we covered the gambit. It's me and uh, Sarah Levine, who's so funny. I don't know if you've ever uh, interacted with her, but she's really funny on Instagram and on the podcast, and it's a a good time. Her name is super familiar. So you really talk about, so it's like really more focused on like true crime and not so because there are pods i'm like new to i'm new to murder there (laughs) are pods that like are very focused on like the snapped of it or or not really the snap but like the mystery whatever and they're huge they're so popular i'm fascinated by them so yours is more a little bit of a journey through like the world of crime at all kinds of levels and all kinds of environments. Totally. Yeah. We like to like uh, mix it up just so there's not too much of like one genre with it type of thing. And also we just get so I'm just like so personally fascinated by like people who like are just like everyday scammers type of thing. So it's like a a person who pretended to be a Saudi prince was an episode and he just like (gasps) 
traveled around the war- America, like g- getting so much money and all this stuff just by telling people like, oh, I'm the Saudi prince. You know what I mean? So it's just like stories like that that I'm like, I need I need to talk about this. <laughs> I know someone that fell for one of those. No, emails. no. Tough. Tough that stuff. is tough. And I had to tell them. You're like, there's no Saudi prince on the other line of that. I was like, I wasn't going to tell them the truth, but I was like, maybe, maybe like, don't respond. Yeah, don't. <laughs> like, it's like, like, I'm not going to tell you you're never going to get your money back, but like, I'm going to open that door for you and somebody else can walk through and it's not going to be the barrister that you're thinking. Oh my God. It's like, no one is ever going to be sending you money, people. That's just what we just, yeah. Right. Um, but they're going to take yours. They're, oh, without a doubt. They're going to be cashed very quickly so fast so fast um can i just ask you a quick question has that changed in at all when we talk about all things erica jane or the various ways that these women have gotten into legal trouble does talking about that on your podcast influence the ways in which you think about some of these housewives the erica janes of it all maybe the mary cosby's the teresa's it is it does make me look at the way they act kind of differently only in the sense that I know how uh when people get arrested and when people get in trouble for being involved with stuff the their behavior and like usually what brings them down in court is like behavior and receipts and stuff like that so that's why I get ex- extra shocked seeing Erica Jane post stuff like that because those will be then I look at it and I'm like I know that's going to be the first thing <laughs> in her court proceeding people are going to pull up her social media history being like well you live this lavish life you're clearly making fun of this case you know what I mean yeah and allegedly somebody on behalf of somebody has contacted production or something asking for like not used footage to see what she's talking when it comes to like how that money is being spent so they know what to ask back so maybe now isn't the best time to be on reality no 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 no. right but she probably needs to check (laughs) I mean, it's now an she honest does. living, yeah, maybe honest her living. first. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, how can people watch your um, Instagram Ooh. live? Is it weekly? It's weekly, yes. We're probably going to either next week or the week after, we're going to kick back up. And it's every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. EST. Eastern? Eastern, yeah. Yes. On uh, my Instagram, at Cashmere Danny, Cashmere with a K. And it's just a fun time. It's a good. It's a goodie. Oh my god, I love it so much! I can't wait to. I yes, you. Oh, you're gonna be on one time too. We got to. Oh my god, I would love it, but I will. Yes. <laughs> That's so sweet. I will be in the comments. Yes, so oh, I love it. You know. <laughs> I'm gonna have my little coffee emoji, Ooh. even though I drink tea. Oh, I love I'm that. Gonna, I'm gonna wait for you to spill it. Coffee, <laughs> tea, whatever happens, I'm here for it. Listen, you are such a delight. Thank you so much for being on the People's People's Couch and joining me for this. And there's nobody that I would rather have a little bit of light with today after a very dark week than you. So I'm so appreciative. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And I hope I mean, I'm excited to hear about your uh, lunch order if it gives you food poisoning or not. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, I am really excited about the vegan oyster calamari that i'm gonna have with no sauce soy free gluten free and we're just gonna see how that goes so guys um if you're listening to this it'll be the day after we record it so um just slide into my instagram stories and um you'll know you'll know how it went i'll tell you i'll update you big news um i sat down for an epic conversation 
about Potomac. Now, I've discussed on Andy's Girls before and on social media my interest in having a conversation, a nuanced conversation about the narrative behind Team Candace versus Team Monique. And so I recorded a two-hour bonus episode of Andy's Girls with none other than Faces by Bravo mixing with Mani and Oh No Bravo, where we mentioned it all. It was, I have to tell you, like an incredible energy in the group and um, no question concern was off limits from any side. So I highly recommend that patreon.com slash Girls. Um, the number one way to support your gal, Sarah G, uh, by joining Patreon, where you get tons of bonus episodes uh, per month and invites to special events and, of course, access to this incredible bonus episode. So that's patreon.com slash Girls. Uh, link also in show notes as well. And speaking of Patreon, I am putting up a conversation uh, without a paywall to um, a convo that I had um, with Asians who watch Bravo for their thoughts um, on the premiere episode of Dallas and specifically um, how the interaction was framed between Brandy and Dr. Tiffany Moon. So look for that patreon.com slash Girls. And again, that episode is without a paywall. I highly encourage that you listen. All right, guys, enjoy that uh, talk and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.